After 13 years of unending terror. You again? Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And this is Sparta. Just kidding. It's a podcast. Um, remember when people would say that all the time? A decade ago, I certainly do. Uh, simpler times when we didn't have to think about the geopolitical ramifications of the film 300. Do you think of that now? Every day. I pray on it. Tell me, what are your thoughts on this movie? Um, what are your geopolitical thoughts on um, this movie? Well, really, it it brought Gerard Butler to America from Scotland, and that was obviously a problem. We now have Angel Has Fallen, <laughs> a mistake. Okay, fair enough. Okay, let's do 10-word reviews of movies we watched in the past week. <laughs> okay, so starting us off, it's going to be uh, Pineapple Express. Okay. In order to do that, I need to take a drink. Oh, okay. Um, Sergio's trying to set me up because he, mm-hmm. we, I, I did not write mm-hmm. one. Okay. Oh, Gross. Some good shit. Oh. Oh, okay. That's that's pretty good. Thank there you. There's some foley to it. I appreciate the, You're the welcome. effort, the artistry. You kept knocking my like gig thing, my my gig, my my gimmick before it even happened. Oh, see, I didn't realize because I because th- you sprung this on me right before the show, so I wasn't prepared. So I figured you were just trying to screw me over. No, that was really an actual. I was drinking water there, just so people are aware. I don't have access to a bong. <laughs> Although, if you would <laughs> like to donate, your not that good. <laughs> If you'd like to donate, please <laughs> Sergio's donate 10 in, cents. Sergio's are in need across <laughs> 10 California. 10 cents a day. Yeah. You can sponsor me and my addictions. Go ahead, Brennan. Um, Pineapple Express, a totally fine, way too long comedy. That's true, too. Um, it, chapter two. As my mama always said, trauma is as trauma does. Sure. Um, and mine is Deleted Scenes, the movie. Okay. Yeah, because it's just a bunch of like scares that they cut out of the first one. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Cool. So I guess we're talking about Lake Placid, the final chapter now, huh? Yeah. Unless you want to talk about it some more. I really don't. Brennan, sound off. Okay. Bre- you, you, you sound off now. Oh, isn't sound off like when you say your name? Is that what that is? I thought sound off like, was like... Fine, Brennan, rant. Oh. Mm. Uh, no. Okay, fine. Lake Placid, the final chapter. We're going to start off with everyone's favorite scariness. Brennan, what is your score? Well, here's the plot first. <laughs> this is why you don't lead. Uh, members of a high school squ- s- squim team. <laughs> members of a high school swim team are hunted by huge crocs with a taste for human flesh. As the kids flee the hungry predators, they get caught in a showdown between a rogue game warden, Yancey Butler, and a demented poacher, Robert England. That's not true. I don't. They barely even meet in the movie. They yeah. let alone have a showdown. Robert England isn't much of a character in this movie, unfortunately. Spoilers. <laughs> Yeah, he he uh, he's off screen for about the first forty five minutes, and then the next twenty minutes, um, and then he's around a little bit. He's there for like three scenes total. I feel. You know what? 
make that paycheck, Robert Englund. Yeah. They're not making nightmare movies anymore. Mm-hmm. So, Brennan, what's your scariness for? My scariness. Also, score. did we okay. really need the plot synopsis for this movie? It's like placid. Like we all know, it's going to involve Crocs and some dumb people. Some are really dumb people, although not as dumb as It Chapter 2, where every time they see a ghost from their past, they're like, oh, this couldn't possibly be a trick by the clown who's been playing tricks on us for two hours. Fuck this movie. There was my rant. Okay. They're like, oh, a creepy voice is whispering my name. Let me crawl further into this little hole. I'm like, no, you fool. Okay, seeing as how you're in the habit of answering questions later than when I ask them, uh-huh. let's answer the question as <laughs> to what your scariness <laughs> score was, Brennan. One out of five. Really? Tell me why. Um, well, you know, it's Lake Placid 4. <laughs> um, I will say it, it, it added kind of a wrinkle because the Robert Englund character was like a an actually evil human. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it makes sense that he um, is revealed to be a member of the Bickerman bloodline <laughs> um, because they're the only like true villains outside of the crocodiles because they keep trying to feed people to the crocodiles. Yeah. Um, they really have no moral compass when it comes to feeding the crocs, do they? N- no, they don't. But like, I I love that this franchise has become like so soap operatic in that one element of like everyone's related to Betty White from the first <laughs> movie. <laughs> um, they even drop a line about how um, handsome dude from the last one moved out of town um, because crazy Robert Englund was trying to like sue him for the cabin. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, anyway, no, but Robert Englund was kind of a wild card because he kind of you know shows up and causes some mayhem and potentially might be murdering some people. And it's like, Ooh, what's going to happen? Is he gonna? And the answer is no. Um, also a weird reference to hurricane Katrina that I did not appreciate. No, just no. Yeah, you're right. That was lame. It fell flat. It was tone deaf. It was, um, my score also is one because these movies are bad. And also it's like, they're not frightening at all at this point. No, not even the CGI was any good. Sorry, well, I feel like a burp coming on. Um, so yeah, the, no, I like <sighs> the CGI for the Crocs was so bad. It wasn't even fun bad like in the last one. It was just bad, and they were just. I feel like the Crocs only had like two kinds of movements. It oh, was yeah. like violently thrashing and moving really swiftly through forest for some uh-huh. reason, and then just like biting in the water. That yeah, where there's two speeds, and they looked kind of like rocks. Like they were kind of grayish. It was very strange. Yeah, they were very clunky. And the inside of their mouths looked almost exactly like the outside. Mm-hmm. It was very Windows 95 Crocs. Yeah. But we'll get to that. Uh, I guess we should do some uh, campiness stuff first, right? Um, sure. Before we do that, um, oh. were any of the kills, did they stand out to you for scariness? Um, I mean, there's the one where the uh, the girl gets uh, she triggers a trap and she's hanging upside down from a tree. And the croc bites her head and twists which is a pretty intense way to go. Yeah, that was the one that I was thinking of, too. Uh, any other kills, Brennan? You're asking me if there's something memorable in Lake Placid, the final chapter, and the answer is almost nothing. Oh, that's true. Okay, now let's go to Campiness, Brennan. Okay. Which truly, I imagine, this movie is just rich with. Yes. Yes. So, my Brennan, my score is a th- <laughs> I want to say four, but it's a three. I actually am in the exact same boat because it's not as fun as it should be for how silly it is. Yeah, it's not as fun as the last one. Which was extremely fun. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I feel like the movie might be bogged down by Reba's character. I found her kind of annoying. And she was really only there to deliver like some like quips or whatever. And it was like, I don't really like you enough 
for me to enjoy these quips that I'm supposed to be laughing at. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, this is the return of Reba, who we first met in Lake Placid 3, the only returning character in this entire franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was the right character to pick to return. Um, but no, you're right. She's just a like a really lousy quip machine in this one. She doesn't have the kind of, like, ridiculous anarchistic energy that she did previously, where it's like, you really don't know what's going to come out of her mouth next. She's just there to be curmudgeonly and first be mad about people not killing the crocodiles and then be mad about them, yes, killing the crocodiles and then back and forth. And it's her her motivations are confusing and she's just kind of generally salty in no particular direction. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of uh, a waste of a great character. Yeah, um, it's definitely I mean, it's not like she was my favorite character to begin with. I didn't really care for her in the last movie. Oh, She was my favorite character of the franchise. Um, but yeah, in this one, she was just kind of annoying with her quips. She was very like sarcastic and kind of like over it. Um, and for whatever reason, like she was hired to be like a government official, right? Yeah. She, she now works for fish and game. It's kind of like her, uh, community service. Yeah. That just seems like a lousy decision on the part of local governments of Maine, in my opinion. It's like the same people who, uh, hired Hannibal Lecter to help with the Buffalo Bill case. Yeah, this is, uh, that's exactly what was going on there. Um, yeah, and she wasn't the most annoying character um, because the most annoying character was the one who hired her to be part of the fishing game of Maine, and that was uh, that one sheriff lady with the great hair. You didn't like the sheriff lady in her slow-mo sexy turnaround with a gunshot at the end? No, um, I, her hair was great. It I was great. Her that. Uh, but she was just kind of dumb all around as well. Yeah, look... Dumb characters are in abundance in this movie. Um, <laughs> one thing that really uh, cracked me up was the whole setup of this one scene, which requires literally everyone to be intermittently deaf and blind mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because there are two high school girls who are topless and splashing each other in the lake. Uh-huh. And the pervert bus driver walks up and starts taking a urination. Mm-hmm into the lake about six feet from them mm-hmm. and then after like mid midway through his pee stream is when he notices that there's two girls six feet in front of him giggling and splashing and topless yeah and then um the girls get all grossed out by him because he is the world's creepiest pervert yeah and he's peeing in the water that they're in yeah that too that pervert mm-hmm. um so they leave but mere second like they could not have crossed like Beyond the part where the mo- water meets the sand. They could be like Usain Bolt level fast speed running and they couldn't still see or hear this man get eaten by crocs. Yeah, yeah literally the second they exit the frame, a crocodile devours this man and he uh-huh. starts screaming and no one notices. Yeah. So honestly, those two girls, hopefully they died in the rest of the movie. Oh, I'm sure they did. Um, About half of the cast kind of disappears and we don't know what happens to them, huh? Yeah, it's kind of a mystery. Um, maybe they're the maybe they're they were taken by the ghosts who closed the gate early on in the movie, um, because there's a fence surrounding the lake now, which seems to have been renamed Clear Lake for reasons unbeknownst to me. Uh-huh. It is referred to as Clear Lake, Black Lake, and Lake Placid throughout the movie. <laughs> so I don't think they thought too hard about it. Um, but yeah, so they built a fence around a lake um, that was constructed by the army and it's electrified. Um, and they they find this crocodile, and the crocodile is chasing after them. And you can see it's really cute. His little legs are pitter-pattering, and you can see him, like, zooming past the camera like it's a Fast and Furious movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're running and running, and they escape through the gate, and then they rest 
just outside the threshold of the gate, which they re- do not shut. And I'm like, this crocodile's going to eat them. But then a couple shots later, it's just closed on its own. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, thank you. The ghost took care of them. Uh-huh. I think it's, you know, because it's kind of like a big looking gate, they want to assume that it's kind of like automatic or whatever. Like it's just. But it clearly was. Like wasn't. a garage door, you know? like Because that one guy left it open all night. He did, but so the so the bus could would go through it without noticing. No, but like automa- because the okay, oh sorry. my god, Brennan, like automatically you enter a code and it just like it opens slowly and then whatever, like that it's kind of like high tech that way. Sure, um, that's kind of what I was tra- like, what I got from it, but perhaps I was wrong. Perhaps because I you have to enter the code to open and to close it, because that guy left it open all night, mm-hmm. leading the bus driver to drive through it when he was supposed to take the kids to a different lake, which is somehow on the same fork in the road. So he should have gone left to this separate lake, which is, I guess, neighbors to the first lake. I don't know how it would be, would be safe from crocodiles. <laughs> um, but nevertheless, they go to the dangerous one. Um, because the bus driver isn't paying attention, because he's watching the world's porn. worst porn video, which is just a lady in her, what looks like her foyer, like in front of her front door, mm-hmm. like in just a bra and panties that are just like, mismatched and not like even exciting they're yeah. just like tan mm-hmm. no the, you just listed a whole re- bunch of reasons as to why this movie is super campy yeah one the fork in the road to the two separate lakes yeah <laughs> that one was great uh two this terrible pervy uh truck driver not truck driver bus driver guy who was watching that video of just a girl gyrating like it's not even softcore porn it's just it's it's the softest core. it's like velvet porn it's like um uh watching soul train as like porn soul train is sexier than this porn video fair enough yeah i stand corrected um there's a reason there. The fact that the dumb kid left the gate open. Okay. Oh, my God. So the gate. Let's describe oh the gate God. for a second. It's like kind of looks like the Jurassic Park, you know, electrified fence a little bit. Yeah. Very a little bit because this movie is operating on not Steven Spielberg budget. Yeah. Uh, so so the guy thinks he hears something. This kid, this kid named Max, right? It's He's, either Max or Alex, and I think it's Max. It's Max, I think. And he's the son slash lover. <laughs> of of the the army representative yes um so who wants to get with the sheriff real real bad yes we are told that it's the son their interactions to me suggest that they are lovers it's it's a daddy and his boy yes it's just it's which it, which way. it is uh-huh. but just literally um but yeah so i want to believe and i want to believe anyways um he hears something and so he's like i guess i have to open the fence so this fence that is out in nature it has just holes through it like big swinging holes and then he just he opens the fence he goes through and he's like he walks not even five feet yeah two feet he walks two feet and then he here he's like hey friends are you there? With his little flashlight. Yeah. I heard some screaming and I needed to open the fence in order to scream on this side of the fence because clearly the holes would have prevented me from doing that on the other <laughs> side. And then a croc just gets him. Yep. And yet he survives. Yeah. Because, look, I knew because he was the son of this sexy character and it would be like way too sad to have him just like be grieving the whole time and uh-huh. we wouldn't be committed to his... Uh, his lustful chasing of the sheriff. I was like, I know this son's going to be alive, mm-hmm. but why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of um, annoying okay. relationships, 
we need to talk about the other member of this of the Brady Bunch. Okay. The daughter? Yeah, Chloe? the daughter. Chloe. Yeah, so the Who daughter loves the library. She loves the library, specifically one book, specifically the worst book you're required to read in any literature class. The Heart of Darkness by the, Joseph Conrad. Yes, The Heart of Darkness. The horror, the horror <laughs> of having to read that goddamn book. Uh yeah, she's just talking about it, and it really, like, perhaps you see parallels between The Heart of Darkness and this movie. Like, Blast of the Final Chapter. <laughs> I do not, because you know sometimes uh, writers be trying to be make, uh, like, the book similar to the movie or whatever. Oh, yeah, almost always. Uh-huh, or try to give it some significance. Like, okay, like, hold on, like, tangent here. Um, like, in that movie with Jennifer Lawrence, not Jennifer Lawrence, why do I keep confusing Jennifer Lopez with Jennifer Lawrence? Selena? Um, not Selena, the boy next door, uh, and how he gifted her a book because she studied or she taught like ancient literature or whatever. Uh huh. Um, and he gave her a first edition of, of the Iliad of the Iliad. Um, and then you know, we all know that that's not like a real thing. Right. Yeah. But like the movie made an effort. This movie made no effort whatsoever. It was just, this is her assigned reading. So I honestly think she was probably a student that had to read heart of darkness and they were like, bring some books, you know, just use what you have. This is what real actors do. <laughs> they make do. Um, I'm pretending that I'm like some kind of yeah. casting agent taking a look at my cigarette. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, we're supposed to think she's interesting because she's doing her homework. Yeah, it's it's like yes, she likes Heart of Darkness, which is awesome. I I love a, a high school student who likes to read. That well, was she's me. in college, right? No, she's in college. No, it's their senior trip for high school. I thought it was college. No. Okay, whatever. They they are absolutely high school. Um, I okay. mean, they're all college aged actors. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. And she has an astonishing amount of independence from her mother, mm-hmm. um, especially considering that her mom is the sheriff in a town full of crocodiles. Look, her mom has other priorities, like maintaining that great head of hair. Yes. It has and, such balance. And struggling to not get into a relationship with this army man for reasons. I guess the reason is that he's going to be skipping town eventually, and she doesn't want to you know, go t- get too deep in on uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. But he's pushing real hard for it, and he's all sexy. He is cute. Um and they end up having dinner at one point and she's like this isn't a date man this isn't a date and it's they're literally they're eating food they're doing that thing that cute people do in movies where they're sitting next to the couch on the floor instead of actually sitting on the couch while eating their meal mm-hmm. and she has lit approximately 18,000 candles mm-hmm. and i'm like why did you light the candles if this wasn't a date mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is a strong signal mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like when monica is mm, spoilers on friends Lots of candles. Okay. Um, I was getting nothing from you. You you gave me a scare. I I was waiting for a spoiler. Like, did she kill Ross? Yeah, when she kills Ross, she lights a bunch of candles. Um, What else do I have? Do I have anything cool? Oh, we do get a bit of croc vision in this movie. That was so dumb. (laughs) The screen just gets tinted green. (laughs) It was so dumb. That was annoying. Could you imagine? The only reason for that was because they couldn't, like... They didn't want us to see the shitty CGI on the Crocs. So it's like, let's see some shitty just like camera work from the cameraman and let's make it green. So it'll be Croc vision. Could you imagine if your eyes saw the world as the same color that your skin was? Everyone would be more beautiful in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Why people would suddenly look good to me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Brennan, continue. Um, Anyway, um... 
there's also another like 12 car pileup of terrible decisions, mm-hmm. um, which is okay. So we forgot to mention the character of Drew. Yeah, who I, who I love. Oh yeah, he's, he's so handsome. He's a very handsome college. No, not you know, <laughs> high school student. Yeah. Um, and he takes his shirt off, and he's like got just muscles where you're like, I didn't know we could have this. Just he has obliques. Do you know how hard it is to get obliques? Yeah. Very hard, Brennan. Yeah, I don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> we, know, <laughs> we know. We, we know this. Um. Anyway, so so Drew is trying to swim for some kind of boat or something. And the um the son of the army guy Max gets really perturbed. He's like, "Get out of the water! Get out of the water!" But in order to bet, okay, okay, this is actually the same guy. Yeah. So he just makes terrible decisions. But because in order to, I guess, get a better shouting vantage point, he also goes into the water. Uh-huh. He wades into the water and is like, "Get out of the water!" All he does is splash around. He doesn't try to swim to Drew. Yeah, to do he just anything. stands there in yeah. the water. Yeah, and it's like. Clearly, Drew is a goner. I don't know why Drew went into the water to begin with. Nobody knows. Do you remember why he did that? No. Did he get eaten or did he live? He, I think he died. Okay, cool. Because, like, if he had lived, it would have been up to Chloe to choose between Drew and Alex. And, and you know who we would have chosen. We all know who she would have chosen. Yeah. But Drew died, thus depriving her of that decision. Yeah. So she was just stuck with Max, who I just referred to as Alex, because I am confused, too. Yeah. No, look, I... I was hearing both names. I'm like, it might have been a thing where, like, they inconsistently named the lake and they just kept switching names on him, or I just wasn't paying attention. I think it was the latter. Probably. Um, but, yeah, so he's in the water yelling at Drew, and Robert Englund is on the shore saying, hey, get out of the water, Max. Yeah. And then um, the dad shows up. The dad shows up, up and punches Robert Englund. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you're not saving your son from his clutches. Because clearly the son is already out of the clutches, yeah. and he's now trying to save the son. Uh-huh. It's a whole bunch of things going yeah. on. Yeah, Robert Englund at this point has been a better supervisor of your son's well-being than you have. Because all of this movie, this entire movie's death number, uh, could have been saved. God, I sound so dumb right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's very hot in our apartment, and yeah. our brains are cooking. Um, also, we saw Lake Placid today, and also It Chapter 2, so it's been a lot. It's been a long day. Um so yeah, so this entire movie's uh, meat list. What do you call those meat mm-hmm. lists? Body count. Yeah, the body count. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. You're welcome. The entire movie's body count could have been greatly reduced had the son not been an idiot from the get-go. Yeah. Rant number two about it, chapter two. <laughs> okay, Sergio. So the whole second act, there's six whole characters. We have to see each of them go through the exact same plot beats. It's an extremely cyclical plot, which I hate during the best of times. But it's even worse when it's supposed to be a horror movie, and horror like thrives on the element of surprise. Mm-hmm. But if you know the exact beats of the scene you're about to watch, it is not surprising. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's your effects score for Lake Placid, the final chapter? Two. And Me I want to downgrade it to a one, but a two. I'm giving I'm giving it a two because there's some fun like blood dripping effects, which you don't always get in a CGI heavy movie like this. Mm-hmm. Um. But is there an effect that kind of stood out to you that was particularly good or particularly terrible? Well, the effects are really good, but I feel like the movie's entire kind of like uh, fun uh, comes from like just shooting up the Crocs, which number one is pretty ineffective because their skin is pretty tough. And so it requires a lot of bullets for anything to happen. Yeah. And so it's just me and we see each of those bullets in real time. Yeah. So it's just me looking at a bunch of people shoot this thing and I'm supposed to be like 
excited. Yeah, or like whack it over and over and over again yeah. with something. The whacking is fun. But it just is more fun. Like the constant shooting, I'm like, I don't need to watch this like knockoff Terminator movie or whatever. It just seems lame. So that's my rant on the on the CGI effects. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's a part where the crocodile eats a person and he explodes with enough blood to cover the side of an entire school bus, <laughs> which is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a scene with a bunch of baby crocs tearing apart someone. Oh, that's funny. They never factor into the plot ever again. Yeah. So that that's something. Well, they're for the next one yeah. when they're facing the anaconda. Yeah. We, we need all the help we can get. Whoever wins, we lose. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also, there, there's a croc death at one point where the croc slams uh, someone into a tree and they get like a stick poking through them. That was weird. Yeah, it was kind of That was just adding insult to injury. Was that Robert really England's was. death? No, that was... Okay. Oh, forgot to mention. That that was the coach. Oh, yeah. Um, which I guess I'll... math coach. God. Let's talk about it. Um, the coach was annoying. Um, he wasn't much of a character in my opinion. No, he wasn't. He was barely a character at first. He hid on the bus with two of the girls, but then he ended up in the survivor's party running around the shores of the lake. Uh-huh. Which was your clue that he was going to die because we had never really spoken or had any kind of interaction with him. Yeah, but there's a supposedly tension-filled scene where the kids are one by one swimming out to a boat that's slightly offshore and thus exposing themselves to the danger of the crocodiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and the coach is like, I'm too scared. I can't do it. I won't do it. And um, he turns to Chloe and he's like, don't leave me. You wouldn't leave me. And I'm like, you just met this girl. She doesn't go to your school. Yeah. Um, and he's like crying and like guilting her into staying on the shore with him. And then when um, the crocodile eventually gets him, we're supposed to think it's her fault. And like, you don't owe this man anything. Why is he such a like weird coward all of a sudden? Yeah. Um. Also, since we're talking about like extra meat that dies, wasn't it sad when her wait did her friend die, Evelyn or whatever? Yeah. Uh, no, I think she lived. Okay, she did get bitten by the crocs, right? She did randomly when Ev- they were in Betty White's house. <laughs> yep. Um, but she lived. I just felt like we never saw her again. Oh yeah, she wasn't important because we had to watch the mom and the daughter try to get it on with a father and son and initiate some sort of. S- familia or she <laughs> the real brady bunch brennan god the way that house is gonna smell when they eventually all move in together mm-hmm. just like s- sex i wonder what the offspring of those two unions will be like they'll have will, great hair how will they be related to one another they will love books it will be oh yeah this like is sister brother oh like okay oh god yeah so if your mom has a baby with your father-in-law yeah so it's a natural brother to you and your husband mm-hmm. um honestly i can't do the math right now in my head and if you have a baby it would be like a nephew to your bro oh that's normal anyway yeah. <laughs> that's how it works yeah um that's so confusing mm-hmm. so have we tapped out all the movies campiness oh yeah and we did effects let's do what's your quality score um quality Three. I can get with that, but I'm going to give it a two just because I was a little bored by it. But it is completely passably entertaining. Yeah, it was fun to make fun of. I was um, uh, kind of like drifting out like interest with the movie. But uh-huh. for the most part, like I was also like when something happened, like I was quickly like brought back on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, OK, this is this is dope, you know, uh, or dope enough to keep me entertained. 
Um, I don't know. I have nothing bad to say about it, really. Yeah, no, it's it, kind of inoffensive. It's really it. I don't I don't know if this is the point where sci-fi has started making them. I don't think it was because I didn't see their logo. Definitely the next one is, <laughs> um, but it. I don't know. It's my second favorite of the franchise still, which is low praise. But that's that's where we are with this thing that we decided to do with our with our time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Look, I still have such a soft spot in my heart for Reba, even though she's doing nothing in this movie. Um, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Do you know if she comes back? Oh, I, I don't think so. Okay. Um, could you? I think it would be called Lake Placid versus Anaconda versus Reba at that point. <laughs> Rebaconda. <laughs> oh my God! Next from Sci-Fi, I would love. I would love. Um, anyway, we're. <laughs> I guess that about wraps up our conversation. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. Um, email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Our theme song is A Beat for You by Pseudo Echo. Um, next week, we're going to be getting classy again. Uh, another crossover, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Oh, man. <laughs> Things are going to get wild. It's going to be crazy. Um, and let's do some guesses. What do you think is going to happen in Lake Placid versus Anaconda 2015? Like, what battleground do you think we'll be meeting on? At some point, I think they'll be converging to, f- uh, to they'll, like, I feel like they're going to team up against the humans. <laughs> that would be great, because the humans are dumb and deserve to be punished. Yeah, and I hope, against all odds, that the sheriff comes back. The sexy, annoying sheriff? Yeah, because honestly, I did feel a little bit attached to their characters and their dumb decisions. Yeah. No, look, I bet there has to be a family element, probably, because there tends to be in these movies. Yeah. Um, it's I hope a small town. Yeah. I hope we get an, another uh, assorted member pulled from the Bickerman variety pack. Mm-hmm. Um, like, one more endless, like, second cousin of some kind. Um, they're just like the Frankenstein family, actually. It's <laughs> like, no, this one's Frankenstein's other son. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um... Do you think someone's going to, like, who, how are the anacondas going to get to the lake? Because I assume that's where they're going to be. Do you think it's going to be an accident, like they snuck onto a plane of someone who likes to explore and kill things? Or is it, like, malicious, like an evil person is trying to, like, get like have them lead him to the blood orchid by, like, teaming up with a crocodile or something? Maybe it'll be, like, the same way Robert Englund was, like, a poacher kind of a person trying uh-huh. to, like, smuggle the, the crocs somewhere. Uh-huh. Uh, someone tried to smuggle the anacondas to the crocs or whatever. Yeah. Or like, it could be a smuggler, and on their plane already they have the anacondas yeah. that they have smuggled, and they escape or They something. break out of some rich man's zoo, as often happens in America. Like, you hear stories like, tiger escapes in Tennessee because some rich man had a tiger as a pet for some reason. Yep. You know... So I think that's probably what's going to happen. Well, we're going to find out. Probably about a month, or I guess we're doing this one in November. Um, so two months? Yeah, sadly. Um, yeah, October is going to be the month of Anacondas because we have two more Anaconda movies to watch before we hit, you know, the crossover. Uh-huh. So we're going to knock those out of the way. And then we can, the twain shall meet and it will be a beautiful discussion that's so cool just in time for pumpkin spice season or my favorite season pumpkin cheesecake season <laughs> yes um and until next time good luck on your journey stay gold everybody bye Bye. oh um also we went to the spirit halloween store 
and they have a fleece blanket of uh, Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, which is not even a movie I like, but first of all, it's a poster I like, and I think it's hilarious that it got made in the first place, and I really want it, and it's $25. Um, so if you want to buy it for me off my Amazon wish list, I will sit on a pumpkin cheesecake for you. <laughs> why do I feel like that's targeted for me? And also, why do I feel like that's really shitty targeting? Because why would I want you to sit on my pumpkin cheesecake, <laughs> which I could buy with the money you want me to waste on this shitty blanket? Look, you might be one of those cam people. I got to play my angles. I want this blanket. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Brennan. Good luck with that. Okay, thank you. Good luck on your journey. <laughs> okay, stay cold. Bye. Bye. <laughs> this episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me podcasts for the weird at heart.